Hi, my name is Pat, and thank you for being here in person, and thank you for being here online. And I get to launch a new message series on Christian lies. So let me start off with three things on two truths and a lie. Um, first, mm, I'm a deacon student. And second, this is my second time preaching at Shepherd's Gate, and I'm really nervous. <laughs> and third, I'm going to have you out of here in five minutes. So <laughs> So, so do you know which one is a lie? <laughs> okay, all right. So we're entering a, a new series called Christian Lies. And, and so let's see what we're going to talk about with this series. I'm going to talk about today following your heart. And then next week, Ben's going to talk about everything happens for a reason. And then JJ will conclude our series with God won't give me more than I can handle. We hear these things in our society all the time, right? God won't give you more than you can handle or trust yourself. Um, but the truth is, we actually tend to think that these are biblical when they're not in the Bible. They're not biblical at all. So in this message series, we're going to go through these one at a time, and we're going to compare what these phrases are in our society today to what the Bible actually teaches. So as we do this, we're going to have the app and the website going, and so you can go to the app or the website. You can find the message. You can find the, the, uh, the passages to read in advance if you'd like. You can see the questions, the couch questions, the dig deeper questions, and we're going to have this for the next three messages. Then we won't have them for a while because we'll have guest speakers and so forth. Then the app and the messages and the reading plans will return in October when we get into Second Peter. But for today, we're going to talk about follow your heart this seems like such a comforting thing we, we hear this all the time just follow your heart just follow your instincts but you see our society treats feelings and emotions and the heart as synonyms you know my feelings my heart we talk about this back and forth as if they're the same but the Bible treats the heart separately from our emotions and our feelings. And we're going to get into that today, how the Bible teaches us about our heart versus what society teaches us about our heart. So we get this saying, trust yourself, trust yourself, trust yourself. It's in the television, it's in the movies, it's on social media, and it's in the songs, right? There's this song, see if you can remember it. The song goes like this. I stood tall. And I did it all my way, right? Frank Sinatra's song, I Did It My Way, many years old. But that's the way our culture goes. I'm to do everything my way. I'm to figure it out on my own. But that's not what the Bible says about doing things and doing things our way. So are there any kids here today? Are you on summer break? Well, and all of us were on summer break. So, well, I'm sorry, but I'm going to give a pop quiz today. So going to start off with a pop quiz. Are you ready? First question. Who do you trust? Who do you trust? I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the Sunday school answer. <laughs> Jesus, right. right. We trust Jesus. That's our Sunday school answer. We all trust Jesus. But we also trust a lot of things. We rely on a lot of people. Like, for example, if I go to the grocery store, I trust that someone's going to have groceries on the shelf and I can buy the groceries. Or if I have my car fixed, I trust, I rely on the mechanic to fix my car. 
So when it comes to trusting and relying on people, we have a really broad audience of people we trust. So let's dig down and, and answer a question that's a little harder. Who do you trust with your life? Suddenly, suddenly that pool of people I trust got a whole lot smaller, didn't it? Who do I trust with my life? That's a lot harder question than just who do I trust in general. And yet I still may be forced to trust a stranger because if I'm going to the hospital, I don't know the nurses and doctors that are treating me, so I still need to have this element of trust. So let's go one harder. Are you ready for this one? Who do you trust with your money? <laughs> no one. Okay. <laughs> I don't trust myself with my money. I don't trust anyone with my money. Isn't it amazing how depending on the subject of trust, we can go from a broad audience to no one. I don't trust anyone with this. So one last question. Do you trust your feelings? See, our society tells us to trust our feelings, and we struggle with this. Trusting our feelings, trusting our feelings versus trusting our heart. And so I dug into this as I was getting ready for this message, and I, and I did some research, and I came across an article in the magazine Psychology. So I don't know if you know, but I'm an engineer, so for me to open a, a psychology magazine, okay. <laughs> eh. But I read this because the title was Trust Yourself, Maybe. So I go through this whole article, this whole research article written by this person, and it comes to the final conclusion, I don't know. <laughs> the whole thing, I want to get paid to say, I don't know. So it has this whole article about, do you trust yourself? I don't know. Should I trust myself? Should I not trust myself? That's the predicament that we find ourselves in, is trust. I, don't, I never know where I'm supposed to be with this, especially when it pertains to myself. So I pulled out three, I call these like the top three other things um, that I found, these slogans, these things that we see and that we've heard. The first is trust your gut, right? We hear this all the time, trust your gut, trust that gut, trust that instinct and don't deviate from it. This is the one that I grew up with as a boomer. If it feels good, do it, right? If it feels good, do it. I can't tell you how many times I got in trouble. <laughs> Mom, it says if it feels good, do it, so I ate all the ice cream. <laughs> if it feels good, do it. And then there's trust. It's not spoken. Trust is a feeling. But is trust really a feeling? I think of trust like love. And to me, love is a decision not a feeling. Yes, we have emotions and, and feelings with love, but true love is more of a decision. Think of the verse John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. See, that verse is telling me God's love is a decision, not a feeling. Let me tell you about everyday life for me, okay? My wife, the Toronto Maple Tree fan, <laughs> my wife has to choose every day to love me even when she doesn't feel like it. Because, you know, I give her all kinds of reasons not to feel like loving me. You know, I can say the wrong thing, I can do the wrong thing, you know, you know I can mess up constantly, and yet she chooses to love me. It's a choice. And so when I think about trust, I think about love. I, you know, if I trust something, I choose to trust something, just like love. It's not a, it's not a whim, it's not a feeling. Um, but here's our problem. 
here's our problem with this trust, especially when it pertains to ourselves. You see, we often bow down to our feelings without realizing how fickle they are, how often they change, how we can go from here to there in a heartbeat with our feelings and our emotions. Let me give you another example. Pastor Tim asked me to preach. I said, no. He says, I'm really uncomfortable being up here. I want to be there, not here. I don't, I'm uncomfortable preaching. And then, I, then so I think about it. And then I say, well, you know, it starts to change. And then I, I do the dangerous thing, right? I pray about it. And after praying about it, it's like, okay, you're going to preach. But if I followed my original instinct, I would have said no, right? And I would say no to all kinds of opportunities because my instinct says, no, that's scary. No, I may not know how to do that. No, I might fail when I try that. So we're really fickle. Our feelings and our emotions are really unreliable. And so we know that going into this. Here's another one that I, I picked up. Let's talk about this one for a minute. This says, don't trust people whose feelings change with time. Trust people whose feelings remain the same even when the times change. Does that describe any one? any of us, our feelings are constantly changing with time. But to me, there's only one person who doesn't change with time, and that's God. So what this person doesn't recognize what they're saying, but this is the way I receive this, is don't trust people, don't trust yourself, put your trust, the object of your trust, in God. And so I said, oh, great. So this person doesn't believe this, but this is the way he's actually talking about, because only God remains the same. So let's look at a couple of um, phrases, a couple of things I came up with, I found, uh, when it comes to trusting God. Um, the first one is, trusting God is not a matter of my feelings, but of my will. And I pause with that one, because I believe the first part is true. Trusting God is not a matter of my feelings. But I struggle with this quote, my will? Do I trust God because of my will? So we'll come back to that in a moment. The next one is, is, I, is I really love this one, and it's a tough one, though. When you feel abandoned by God, yet continue to trust him in spite of your feelings, you worship him in the deepest way. When you trust God in spite of your feelings. And thinking about this, this brings me back 30 years ago. See, Chris and I had a late miscarriage, and we lost our first child. You know, when that happened, I didn't feel like trusting God. I was just the opposite of the way I felt. I was angry with God. I literally was screaming at God, how could you let this happen? If you love me, and if you're God Almighty, how could you take my child away from me. My feelings at that time were, you are not my God. If you're going to do this to me, you are not my God. Those are my feelings at that time. Can I trust those feelings? If I would have trusted those feelings at that time, even though I went through that horrible emotions, Chris went through that horrible time, I wouldn't be here. I would be somewhere else. You see, we all go through heartache and Bad things happen to us that we can't imagine in our life. And those emotions are real. The situation is hard and can be really terrible. But recognize, 
Satan's going to take that and use that as a wedge to try and wedge that between you and God. These emotions that are feelings that are tough, he's going to try and drive them in them and separate you from God. So this brings me to a story, and the question is, well, okay, trusting my feelings, trusting my emotions, okay, I get it. But what about the heart? What does the Bible tell us about our heart? Because I said earlier, the Bible teaches us something different about our heart versus our emotions and our feelings. So when I was putting this together, I came up with a story. I came up with a tale. I call it the tale of two hearts. So we start off in life, we're born. We're born into a sin condition. And that sin condition separates us from God. We love our sin. We are born, we are conceived into sin. And as a result of that sin, we are spiritually dead. So that's us over here on your left side. So <laughs> a heart separated from God. But then God intervenes, right? The story of our second heart. God intervenes and God sends someone to us to share his word with us. See, we hear the gospel and we hear the law. And the law convicts us of our sin. And then we rejoice when we hear the gospel because in the gospel we realize the price for our sins was paid for by Christ on the cross. And it's through grace and through faith that our salvation is secured in Christ, not by my own work. So then I recognize I'm in this situation, so now I have this heart, this heart that's against God, but God calls me, and now I have a heart that's for God. So let's dig into this heart that's for God a little more. How does this occur, and what does this mean to me as a Christian? So we're going to go through a heart claimed by God, a heart renewed by God, a heart given to God, then a heart sustained by God. But first, let's look at some Bible verses about our heart. It jumped way forward again. It did this last. Okay, here, nope. Okay, do not give your child the remote. <laughs> I did this last service too. I hit the wrong button. So, okay. So we're stuck here with this nature. It's like this cartoon here. We got this little demon on this shoulder, you know, telling us one thing you see in the cartoons in the movie. And you got this other angel on, on our other shoulder here telling us, you know, what to do. That's because I have a sin nature. I have a heart for my sin. I still have it, even though I'm saved. But I have this Christian nature, too. And this battle rages inside me every day. I have this idea. I have this idea. Is this idea of my own creation? Is this idea part of my sinful heart? Or is this idea something that the Holy Spirit is giving me? And is this idea of God's heart? So we're going to delve into this, and we're going to look at what the Bible says about the heart. So in Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah is speaking for God. And so through Jeremiah, God says, the heart is deceitful above all things. It is desperately sick. Who can understand it? And then Matthew we have, for out of the heart comes all kinds of evil thoughts and deeds. And you know, we know this. All of our sin is origin, the origin of our sin is our heart. So this verse is saying we start with a heart that's sick. We have a heart that's sick, and our sick heart needs a healer. We, need, we start with this heart, our heart needs a healer. So then we can jump into 
Proverbs. And Proverbs says this. This is the start of our change. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Okay? The object of our trust is our Lord, not ourselves. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. When I, when I lean on my own understanding, I really mess things up. Every once in a while I get it right, but a broken clock is right twice a day, right? If I lean on my own understanding, that doesn't work. It goes on to say, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. I won't make my path straight, because my will is sinful. God will make my path straight. And then it concludes, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It's so hard for us, right? Because we're supposed to figure everything out ourselves. And as Frankie said, do it my way. So let's move on and let's look at our first part of renewing our heart. A heart renewed by God. So first we have a heart that is claimed by God. And this is in the Gospel of John. Jesus says, you did not choose me, I chose you. I chose you. In our society today, we hear things like, I chose Jesus. I accepted Jesus. I found Jesus. This says, Jesus said, I found you. He didn't find me. I found you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. You should go and live your life as a disciple of Jesus Christ. You should take my word and share it with everyone. You should share my gospel. You should share my law and my commandments like love others as you love yourself. Why did God do this? We didn't earn it. We didn't earn for God to select us and for God to choose us. We're sinners. God chose us because he wants us to be in this loving relationship with him here and for eternity. So God chooses us because he loves us. He has a desire. He wants us. So recognize that you and I are chosen directly, individually, by God himself. I think of that, I think, wow, that's just, that's just a remarkable thing. We are chosen by our God. And next, after God chooses us, we get a heart, a heart that's renewed by God. The prophet in Ezekiel says, and now again he's speaking for God, so you could take this as God speaking, and I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh. God is saying, you're not the healer of your heart. I'm the healer of your heart. I will give you a new heart, a heart that's for me. So we learn in scripture that God calls our heart. God renews our hearts. And so now we're in this position with, okay, I get it. We have a renewed heart. I'm saved by Christ. But aren't I supposed to do something? Right? Our society tells us a lot of times that I'm supposed to earn my way into heaven. I'm supposed to get myself straight before I come to church. I'm supposed to do good before I come here. Right? But that's not the way it works. What is it that we're to do? And so now we have a heart, our heart, that's given to God. In 2 Corinthians, we read, each one must give 
as he has decided in his own heart. Right? Not reluctantly or under compulsion. Where's your heart? You give from your heart. This is actually one of our faith forward verses. But what is it to give? What is it to give from my heart? How? How do I give from my heart? Well, first, what we're doing right now, we're worshiping our God. That's giving from our heart. It's giving our heart to God because it's a beautiful Sunday out there in the middle of the summer, and we're here worshiping our God. We're giving our heart to God. Bible study is a way that we give our heart to God. Recognizing our sin and repenting our sin and seeking forgiveness from both God and the people we sin against. That's a way of giving our heart to God. Serving. We just had step out and serve. All the wonderful things that people did in step out and serve and other things that we do in our church and outside of our church. Serving our God. Giving our heart to God and in love serving and caring for someone else. And sacrificially giving. Giving our resources. Giving maybe something that's more important than our resources, but our time. And giving that to God. Those are ways that we give our heart to God. So, the world comes at us now. We're Christians. We're giving our heart to God. And Satan will put every obstacle he could possibly put in your path. So how do we sustain this? Well, we don't. Our heart is sustained by God. In Philippians, we read, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds and keep you in Christ Jesus. So this is saying you are kept in the faith by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by your own power, not by your own will. Yes, I can fight against this, right? And I can reject this. I can actively go against this and not do what God calls me to do, right? But I am called and I am held in that by the Holy Spirit. Like take back the example I gave when we lost our first child. At that time, I did not want anything to do with God. That was my emotions. But God had a different plan. Okay? So the, but God, right? But God. And so because of God, he held me in the faith. He held my wife in the faith. And we continued on in the faith today. So we have this heart that's sustained by God. So this is where we end up with, now we have a heart for God. But actually it gets kind of hard. I'm going to talk about that. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I'm sure we've heard this verse before. And this is going to challenge us really deeply. Where your treasure is. If my treasure is in the stuff of this world, my wealth, everything that I have, and if that's my treasure, how can my heart be with God? So if my treasure is the stuff of this world, then my heart is with the stuff of this world, and I actually have this heart against God. I'm, I'm over here with the little red guy on my shoulder, right? But if my treasure is truly God, and you can see that by the way I live my life, then my heart is with my God. So the answer is, is wherever you spend your time, your resources, whatever you really do with your life, that's your treasure. And then the question is, is that treasure with God? And we're going to come back to that. In Psalm 37, we read, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, unfortunately, many Christians read this as, 
I'm a Christian, I'm saved, I delight myself in the Lord, so he's going to give me the desires of my heart. My heart. A new boat, a better job, more money, hair, whatever is the desire of my heart, right? So I read this the wrong way. I read this as, I'm a Christian, so God's going to give me stuff. But the way to truly read this is, I delight in the Lord, God will give me the delight of my heart, which is him. So God will give me himself when I delight in the Lord. So when I delight in the Lord, God's going to continue to grow me and nurture me with, nurture me with the Holy Spirit. He's going to continue to build me, build us as disciples for Christ. Because our heart desires him. And the promise of God is he'll be there. And he will be there truly indeed. So now I come back to this. I have this sin nature right? I have this little red guy in this shoulder telling me to do all kinds of stuff, and yeah, I love my sin, so I, I keep, I don't know why, but I keep going back to my sin nature. And then I have this other guy on this shoulder, my Christian nature, and I want to do what my Christian nature does, but I often follow this, my sin nature. And so there's this question, like, where, where, how do I know? How do I know I have an idea in my head? How do I know if this is my sin nature telling me to go do this or this is my Christian nature? Right? Well, so for the answer to that, we're going to go back to the Bible and see what God has to say. So if we go into 2 Corinthians, Paul says, examine yourself and see whether you're in the faith. In Romans, Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good, what is perfect, and what's acceptable. You see, it's by testing what's in here. And I can determine, is this my will or is this God's will? So let me say for an example, I have a bunch of emotions and, and I have this thought in my head and I want to know, is this, is this God's will or not? So I, I test this, right? I look at him saying, if I do this, am I honoring God? If I actually follow through with these emotions, these thoughts, what I'm thinking right now, will God say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant? I have to test myself. What is this thought? Is it consistent with God's word? Is it consistent with God's love? Or is it consistent with our world today? And am I putting myself in place of my God? So I look at this and I'm thinking, okay, this comes, becomes really hard. Because the next question is, do I, do I really have the courage to test the treasures of my heart against God's word? Do I really have the courage to look at the way I live my life, how I make my decisions, why I make my decisions? Do I have the courage to do that and test it against, put it up against God's word and see where am I in relation to God's word? Because I can tell you, I'm a master of self-deception, right? I can justify myself in any way, shape, or form. I'll say to myself, I spend enough time with God. I'll say to myself, why give enough? I'll say, I don't have a pride problem. 
So I have the courage to really look at actually the way I live my life, what's really important to me by what I do with my life, and lay that in front of God's word. The true answer is, I don't. I don't have the courage to actually do that because I know the answer and I don't want to know the answer. I don't want that answer put in front of my face. But it's there for us. Do we have the courage to actually do this? You see, brothers and sisters, the sin, the sin, I'm sorry, the lie, um, the lie is that we can trust the human heart. We know that's not true. We can't trust the human heart. The truth is, the only real heart we can trust is God's heart. Because what we want to do is to open ourselves up. We want to make ourselves available to Christ. We want to let God replace our sick heart with his heart. And then we get to replace our sick, our envious, our treacherous heart with a heart of love, a heart of peace, a heart of kindness. We want God's heart in us. You see, it's our desire, right? And it's God's desire for us to have God's heart in us. Because God's heart is a heart we can trust. Amen? Amen. I'm going to close this in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this church, this country we live in. Lord, we have so many things to be thankful for. Your son, your grace, the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, we live in this treacherous world where all kinds of bad things happen to us and they take us on one at a time. Sometimes they, they pile on us heavily. And in those times, Lord, when our emotions and our feelings are running wild, bring us people to walk alongside us and continue to keep us in your Holy Spirit. Keep our heart with you, O oh Lord. Lord, we offer up this prayer and all of our prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So we don't have a closing song today, so I'm going to close with a, with a benediction, with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you grace. Amen? Amen.